0: Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, have you talked to them? Here we go. I'm sure you've never had somebody, one of your directs, walk into your office and give you a story about an argument they're having with another one of your directs and ask you to get involved, right? Never,
1: never, never. happened. It doesn't
0: happen. Yeah, it just, does, just doesn't happen. <laughs> crazy. Uh, cra- crazy talk, right? But it does.
1: It's pretty normal. It's it's pretty normal thing for, for managers to deal with is, you know, our directs, we have two directs who are in some conflict and they come to us to solve the problem. And if you're a manager and you don't know how to solve those problems, you are totally normal. Right. Um, we're not counselors. We're managers. Our, our job is not to solve our directs conflicts, our directs problems. Um there to to adjudicate their fights Um, and frankly it's often an asymmetric battle in other words one side one of your directs wants something the other doesn't and vice versa
0: and the solution is also asymmetrical
1: (laughs) it is (laughs) don't get involved (laughs) don't get involved (laughs) right so we have three steps mike right
0: yes one the the manager's favorite letter, which I'll let you explain, because I am sure you talk about this in the conference. We do, and that letter, folks, is the letter C, as in high C, because high C's are really really great. Ma- <laughs> just 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 joking, okay? <laughs> it has nothing to do with disk, okay? Uh, number two, next point is: Have you talked to them? Right? So you are just gonna you are gonna ask them. You know, when direct comes, to your know, have you talked to them? And you'll be surprised at the at the answer you'll you'll get. Um, and we'll, we'll help you. use give you some guidance in terms of what to think about as you're hearing that answer. Yes. And our third point, you say, I'm not going to go solve the problem. You are. Keep me posted. You're going to turn it over to them and let them solve the problem and get out of it. So
1: absolutely. Okay.
0: So I I know this. I know this comes up in conferences all the time. The, it the does. Manager's favorite letter C. So t- tell me what that's all about.
1: Yeah, this is probably one of my favorite pieces of guidance uh, that Mark ever gave gave me. He gave it to me very early in my career, and I often share at conferences with folks how often I used it. I used it so much that my directs would say, stop with the C. Stop the with C. the C <laughs> thing. So uh, our first piece of guidance, use the manager's favorite letter, which is the letter C. We probably have explained this. I- I'm guessing it might at some point. In the hundreds of podcasts, uh, this has probably been explained, but it may be worth having its own cast, uh, but this is a really good time to, to really walk through and, and give a full explanation, full credit. So every manager's favorite letter really ought to be the letter C, and here's why. Hold your left hand up where you can see it in front of your face and form the letter C with your thumb and forefinger so that as you're looking at your left hand, those two fingers form the letter C. When one of your directs brings you one of their problems, what you're gonna do is you're gonna turn that C towards them. You're gonna point your thumb, your forefinger towards them by rotating your left hand 90 degrees away from your face. It now looks like a U-turn on the pathway from them to you?
0: So why isn't it the letter U? Oh, no, never mind. Never mind. Forget, <laughs> it, forget, it, forget it. Sorry.
1: That's a great question. It's a on. U on its side,
0: which is a C. Okay. Which is
1: a C. Okay. So what you do is you, you've got this, this now C that's now pointing towards them. Looks like a U-turn and you're going to picture their problem coming toward you, getting caught in that left hand, the thumb and the forefinger. It gets caught it goes around that U-turn, and it goes right back to your direct. And I, I whenever I do it, I even will bring my right forefinger up to represent that issue, the problem, the, the fight, the disagreement that my directs are having um, that they want me to solve. And I will bring that finger up. I'll take it around that U-turn, and I'll point it right back at them. And when my directs would come to me and say, I've got a problem with so-and-so, and I don't know what to do, I hold that C, face them, bring my right hand up and say, that's a great question. Curve my right my right forefinger around that letter C and go back at them with a big smile on my face and say, what do you think you should do about that? And this, I, I did it so much as I said that my directs would come to me and say, I have a problem and I don't want the C. <laughs> don't right. do the C. And it became it became a joke. Um, which was, you know, good. It was a lighthearted way to approach it. Yeah,
0: And that's the whole, that's, I mean, that's really, I'm glad you brought that up because you, like you, you can't put a scowl on your face and hold up the letter C and do your finger around the rim and point it back at him. And
1: then you're just coming across as being angry or punishing. It's just
0: a reminder. It's just, it's just a funny way of reminding them right now. I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but I often hear Mark say it, that somebody comes up to him and says, Hey. I have a problem, I need help with it. And he says, you're right. And he does the little, the little C with the finger doing the U-turn back and I said, you're right, you have a problem.
1: You do have a problem. Okay, so yeah. I
0: just I just wanna make sense that, I just, just wanna say again, the letter U, it's a U-turn, you have a problem, it really should be the favorite letter, U, but okay, you and Mark wanna go with the whole C thing. It <laughs> makes, makes no sense to me, but okay, whatever.
1: Maybe it's because we love uh, high seas. That's why.
0: That's it. That because that's the all the stories I hear from you two are about how you just love high seas. Do so. Yeah, and it's a funny way of reminding them that they own the problem, and you don't, and you cannot go through your entire career owning all the problems that your directs try to give to you, because they're going to try to give you a lot of problems that are not yours. They're theirs.
1: Yeah, I, I, ask, I ask folks almost at every conference when when we talk through this, particularly it often comes up um, when we're going through delegation at the end of the day, um, I'll ask people, raise your hand if, if your directs come to you with problems. Of course, everybody raises their hand. I walk them through our guidance about don't solve your directs problems. Ask them what do you think you should do about it when you when you're brought up, when a direct brings you a problem. Our guidance is the first thing you say is, well, what do you think you should do? And we have a, we have a cast on that. Uh, I think it's called the developmental question or the development question is the name of the cast that walks you through that. And some managers will get a little, you know, they, they've got some tension around that. Like, well, shouldn't I solve my direct problems? And I'll say, the thing is guys, if you solve your direct problems you will teach them to bring you more problems. Right. And then I'll, you know, jokingly ask, raise your hand if you need more problems right now. And of course, everybody <laughs> kind of chuckles and nobody will raise yeah. their hand. I'm like, exactly right. You, This is a problem that your directs are having or the direct who's bringing it to you. And you don't need to be solving their problems because then you're just going to teach them to keep bringing you more problems. And particularly, if they are two, two of your directs are in a conflict or in a, in a fight, quote unquote, Joey air quote fight, um, you're just going to teach them that every time they have conflict with each other to bring it to you, like you're the, you're the judge and you're going to solve it. And that is not a good use of your time. So our second piece of guidance is ask them your direct, who's coming to you with this conflict, ask your direct, have you talked to them? It's really tempting to solve our direct problems. I think we, as managers, I think we like to solve our direct problems. It makes makes, us look smart. It does, (laughs) or experienced, or both. And I think that's probably one of the biggest parts of this problem is that we like solving our direct problems, which like I just said, just encourages them to just bring us more problems
0: yeah short circuits their development process it does
1: and frankly it's it's penny wise and pound foolish it feels good at the moment we like it we get some positive feedback around solving some problems and we can probably solve a lot of problems that our directs have faster than they can but in the long term it's not a good solution
0: yeah so don't do it (laughs) don't do it stop
1: so just stop. The next time one of your directs wants you to intervene in an interpersonal conflict that they're having with one of their peers who would also be one of your directs, ask them, hey, look, have you talked to them about this? It sounds very simple and some people may say it's, this sounds too simple, but it's incredible how often you'll hear back from your directs, no, actually, no, I haven't talked to them. <laughs> or "What? what I think... I would have loved, as a manager, for one of my directs to actually say no when I asked when I you know asked that question. Have you talked to them? What I heard more was, "Oh yeah, sure, absolutely. You know, we've been going back and forth over email on this."
0: Yeah, which means no. Which of course means <laughs> no. No, I, I haven't, haven't talked actually it. talked
1: to them. Um, yeah, this is such a great example. This is a classic example of how email is incredibly efficient at the expense of being effective. Of course, they've emailed each other. It's so much easier to just send an email than facing the conflict and, and the possibility of there being a little bit of tension that comes from actually sitting down and talking to somebody face-to-face when you're having a disagreement. It's very tempting for me, and I have I have given into that temptation more times than than I would like to admit to just... I don't want to pick up the phone. It's gonna be it's gonna be a little crunchy. It's gonna be a little uncomfortable. Yeah. I'll just send an email. Actually, that is not talking to the person. And the question you're asking your direct is, "Have you talked to them?"
0: Yeah. Well, that's a great thing about this this whole you on its side C tool, right? Is kind of it it encourages verbal communications when there's conflict. And yes. Man, that's that's a great place to start during conflict. <laughs> yes.
1: yes. Actually, talk to the person. And I think as managers, we we probably assume that, of course, our directs, if they're having a little bit of conflict, of course, they're going to sit down with each other and work it out. But frankly, it's been our experience that even when two directs are are co-located, they're working right next to each other, they have two cubes next to each other, or even they're in a totally open floor plan, totally open source, no walls, and they're sitting right next to each other, they don't have that face-to-face verbal communication as often as we would like them to. And think about it this way, if they're coming to you as a manager to ask for help, that's a pretty good indicator that they haven't talked to the other person because if they had, if a verbal face-to-face conversation had taken place, that would have solved the problem. So the very fact, the very admission to you that there is a problem is an indicator of a lack of using this first step of talking to the person.
0: It's particularly bothersome to me because what I assume they're doing is they don't want to solve the problem themselves or they don't think they can solve the problem. They haven't tried. And and their default behavior is to fall back on trying to use my role power to their advantage.
1: That's exactly what they're wanting to do. They're using me.
0: I mean, they're they're literally using me. It's like, I I don't want to have this argument. I don't want to have this discussion. I don't want to do the hard work of trying to work out something with a peer. So I'm going to come to you and I'm just going to borrow your role power and let you you fix it for me.
1: Yeah, they want to rent our role power as managers because since we have the role power, if we go have that conversation with the person they're having conflict with, of course, that person, our other direct, isn't gonna argue back with us because we have the role power. That's right. And so it's gonna solve the problem. And so they want us to use our role power on their behalf to solve this problem because they know that that, that our role power will essentially extinguish the, the conflict.
0: That's right. They want to use me as a tool. Now yes. I've been I've been called a tool before, but that's just a whole different <laughs> different thing entirely. Yeah. So folks, don't get angry. Just tell them to turn around. You can do the whole thing see thing, laugh, put a smile on your face, and raise the quality of their communication with their colleagues. And you'd be amazed at how often they come back and they've solved the problem. Yeah. Amazing, amazing.
1: The other way that I I looked at this and, and often would explain it to my directs was two things. First of all, if if somebody is upset with you or disappointed with you or having some conflict with you, do you want them to come to me and talk to me about it or would you rather them come directly to you. And of course, everybody says, no, I'd rather them come directly to me. Of course. Say, okay, of course. So do the same. Give your professional colleagues the same respect that you want them to give you. That's one of the first things that I would tell my managers who were my directs. The second thing I would often tell them was, you know, you want me to come in and solve this problem for you. You want me to get involved. When you haven't done the professional courtesy of talking to the other person. If you care so much about this conflict that you're having right now, which I assume you do because you're in my office talking to me about it, then go have the conversation with your peer. Why are you asking me to care more by having the conversation than you are willing to, right? In other words, kind of put your money where your mouth is. If you're really this upset about it that you want me to get involved, then you need to get involved. I don't think I, I necessarily explained it this way to my directs, but in my head, what I was thinking was, it's really not fair to ask me to do something uh, about a situation that you're upset about that you yourself are unwilling to do. Right. right? It's it's physician heal thyself first. Yeah, absolutely. Um, type type of thing.
0: You know, we've talked about before on the podcast, Mark and I, about not playing detective because that's what you put yourself in position of. As soon as you get involved, now you got to talk to. Individual want A. You got to talk to individual B. You got to make you know conclusions. Who's telling the truth? You who's got. I mean, you literally, you've got to do this detective work. And you know, it's not a five-minute thing. It's it's no. man, you do enough of that at some point, you're like, eh, ah, I'm not playing that game anymore.
1: And it's really a no-win situation for us as managers. That's right. Because you're you're putting yourself in the seat of judge, and you're going to be hearing two two sides, two cases, and making a determination which one you believe. There's going to be damage to the relationship for whoever it is you don't believe or whoever's quote unquote side you, you, you know, gruel against, um, your direct is asking you to use your role power and your relate and to, um, potentially damage your relationship with your other direct because of an issue they're having. It's just not, it's not a,
0: not a good place,
1: not a good place for you as a manager. So just don't, don't fall into it
0: that kind of leads to our third point for today's cast. It's important, I think, to let them know, not only do I expect you to go have the conversation with them, but to also say, like, I'm not going to solve this problem. You are, right? right. And then ask them to keep you posted. I mean, they they brought the issue to your, your attention, so it's, you have a, a right, almost an obligation, to kind of understand the outcome of the whole thing. But make it clear to them that you're not going to solve it, and they are responsible for solving. It's not simply enough to go talk to them, They've got to solve it. And they are responsible. Now, if I had those two individuals in my office, not together, we don't do that. We don't bring two individuals in our (laughs) office and try to mediate between the two. That's a route for disaster. Of course, at that point, they just want out of your office and they're going to lie and do anything possible just to get out of your office and you will not have solved the problem. Um, So if I had an individual with each of them, I would frankly tell them, if it's Joe and Mary, for example, Joe, I'm holding you responsible for solving this problem. And I'd have Mary in my office later on saying, Mary, I'm holding you responsible for solving this problem. That's right. That's right.
1: And you say to both of them, keep me posted, right? I'm not going to solve this problem. You are. And keep me posted. And that's our third piece of guidance is you actually say that to your direct. Like, I'm not going to solve this problem. You are. And please keep me posted, because Mike, as you said, you now that you are aware of this, you have an obligation to have the uh, the information, or your directs have an obligation to to share with you the outcome.
0: That's right. Because clearly,
1: it's affecting work. If it wasn't affecting work, they wouldn't be in your office to begin with.
0: Yeah, you can't be your head. <laughs> no. You weren't aware of the problem. Now, right? You're aware, so.
1: And it's not unusual at this point sometimes directs will say yeah look i've already talked to i already talked to joe i already talked to mary make sure when they say that that they're just not recounting again an email exchange that they're actually are talking about a verbal face-to-face or over the phone conversation you you might be surprised at how many professionals don't make the distinction, and it's a very important distinction between verbal communication and email communication.
0: I think you may be right, although in, in my heart of hearts, I believe they understand the distinction. I just think they're obfuscating. I, I think they absolutely understand the distinction between the two, and it's a little, it's a little, a little lie, right? To imply that little disingenuous, that they, a little disingenuous. Hey, that's the word I was looking for, yeah. right? It's disingenuous to say they've had a conversation when it's been over email, and they absolutely understand the distinction between a verbal and an email exchange so
1: i don't disagree mike i think i think you're right. i think it's yeah oh yeah i've talked to them and you know darn well you haven't actually talked to them
0: yeah really you know so yeah so make make sure that when they say that like yeah, you you're talking to them or is, you, you know make sure you understand that
1: yeah and i would ask did you did you actually talk to them did you go see them did you have a phone conversation or did this all happen over email. And if they said, oh if they say, oh no, I I've talked to them verbally, then absolutely there's nothing wrong with you making suggestions based on what you hear, what they share with you about that conversation.
0: Yeah, that's good. I, I was gonna ask you about that because I I think there's right, not solving their problem and not being involved or not providing guidance or, you know, using your experience to help them solve the problem. I think it's two different
1: Two different thing. things. Yeah, yeah. There's a big difference between between saying, oh, okay, I'll take care of this," and and you know, it's Joe in your office, and you go have a conversation with Mary. There's a big difference between that and saying to Joe, "Have you talked with Mary?" And Joe says, "Yes, I've talked to Mary, and here's what, here's how that conversation went." And you saying, "Well, here's some ideas on how you might, um, you know, go back and solve that problem with Mary." or here's a different way of thinking about it, or did you ask Mary this this point, or did you discuss that, or did you remind her about, about this? It's perfectly appropriate to make those kinds of suggestions. Right.
0: Or did you realize that she's involved in this other project that has implications here, and maybe there's something going on there that, you know, I mean, there's all sorts of, of things you could, you could help a person with.
1: But look, regardless of what, of what is said, of what they tell you about that conversation, or what guidance or recommendations or suggestions you make to them about how they might be able to solve it. You end the discussion with, I'm not going to solve this problem. You are. And if you want to go even further, you could say something like, "Um, it's just not a good systemic solution for me to adjudicate, to solve problems between you two. You know, look, I I can't imagine going into my boss's office and asking my boss to solve a conflict between me and my peers. I won't know all the details in this situation. There's no way, Joe, that I can know all of the specific details of what has happened between you and Mary or the specifics about the situation you're telling me about. And what you're asking is you're asking for me to solve your problem. And frankly, You may not have thought about this. You may not have realized this, but that's really a form of upward delegation, which is just, it's expensive. You're smart enough to solve this yourself. You can't rent my role power by having me solve it. And the more you try to rent my role power in advance, the less likely you are to ever own it on your own.
0: Yeah. That might not be a bad little mini speech to to memorize.
1: (laughs) To memorize. Or if you're a licensee. It's in the show notes.
0: (laughs) Oh, nice one. Nice one. Okay.
1: So wrapping it up, we don't solve our direct conflicts. Don't solve your direct conflicts. Leave them no choice but to do it themselves. How do we do that? First, we use the manager's favorite letter, the letter C. Then we ask our directs, have you talked to them? And then we say, I'm not going to solve this problem. You are. And please keep me posted when we are asked to adjudicate our direct problems they are calling on our role power as as Mike said earlier and that's always a bad construct they really our role as a manager is to encourage them to solve their own problems and if when they try to have us solve their problems, they're delegating up. They're coming to us with, with an issue, and they're asking us to do their work for them, which is delegation. And they're delegating up. And that's expensive, and it's corrosive. And remember, somebody owns the inputs in this situation. We just want to finish with a, a little um, interesting note. I think this is unusual. We don't usually uh, do this in cast, but... Uh, This cast is dedicated to the great folks at DuPont Pioneer. They're headquartered in Des Moines, Iowa, here in the States. And specifically, this cast is dedicated to one of their directors, Dave Austin. Dave and his organization uh, have done a great job utilizing the manager tools, uh, techniques, our tools to help them deal with their growth and develop their people. We've had the the pleasure and the privilege of having quite a few of their people come to conferences, and we've also done... Um, some private work with them. They are wonderful to work with. They're always, there's really good people. And Dave, when his folks come to him with interpersonal conflicts, Dave always starts with, well, you now know what Dave starts with. (laughs) (laughs) We just told you.
0: With, With a smile on his face. All right. Thanks, Danny. Thanks, Mike. Awesome. Enjoyed it.
1: Great. Thank you.
0: So long. Thanks everyone. That's it. We'll see you next week. Have a great one, folks. So long.